Welcome everyone. I'm Sue Barber, author, former IT director for a Fortune 500 company, turn executive coach, and this is the Visibility Factor podcast, where we explore how to raise your visibility and play bigger at work and in life. We'll explore key topics and welcome guests that help you shift your thinking about yourself so you can see new possibilities for your leadership. I'm on a mission to create a visibility movement for leaders to show their value and be seen for their true talent. Are you ready to take the next step towards a higher level of visibility for yourself? Let's go. The Visibility Factor podcast is brought to you in part by the 90-Day Visibility Breakthrough Accelerator Program. Do you believe deep down inside that you can have a bigger career, but you don't know how to get there? You can keep doing what you're doing, but what if there is a better way that could accelerate your progress? This 90-day program is a powerful experience that is unique to you and provides dedicated time to focus on your specific challenge. It gives you the time to develop big ideas and plans to execute them, including the tools, resources, and motivation needed for success. Hundreds of clients have used the same program to take them to the next level in their career and to create a better life. Join me in a 90-day experience that focuses on challenges like creating a strategic plan, how to lead an organizational change, or prepare for a career transition. This dedicated time will help you see new possibilities, recognize your strengths, and take away key insights that can be leveraged immediately. Are you ready to create a breakthrough for yourself? If you're interested in learning more, visit susanmbarber.com forward slash visibility breakthrough accelerator for more information and to sign up for the program. I look forward to seeing you there. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Visibility Factor podcast. This is Sue Barber, your host. Today, we're going to talk about leadership assessment. Now, I don't know if you've ever had a leadership assessment for yourself or if you've done them for your team or your team members have done them. I find them to be really impactful. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about them, not only to share a little bit about how I have done them, what what assessments I use, but also to share a simple assessment that I have put together that I think you could use for yourself at the end. So stay tuned for that. But let's start with assessments in general. So if you haven't ever done one, I'd be interested to know if you have considered one, right? Is there a reason you haven't done one before? It's one of the things that I do with new client leaders when they start to work with me because it helps them start to understand who they are how they show up, what their motivations and preferences are. It helps them look at their strengths and what may be getting in the way of their success and how that could be impacting them. Now, from my standpoint, it helps me understand them. Since we're just getting started to work together in a coaching partnership, I want to understand more about them, how they operate, how they think, how they understand things that are happening for them. If they've done a recent assessment through their company, we'll just use that as a starting point. But if they haven't, I will generally start with them uh, using a Hogan assessment. So I'll share a little bit about Hogan if you haven't heard of them before. I hadn't heard about them before. When I got into coaching, it was one of the assessments that the coaching company that I got my certification through recommended that people use. And as I got out into corporations and starting to work with them, a lot of them are starting to use the Hogan assessments. So I got my certification in 2017, I believe it was. And um, so it's really a great assessment. I've done hundreds of them now and find them to be really helpful for people to understand themselves. But I'll share a little bit about why Hogan has been something that I've used. So it has over 30 years of independent research around the different types of people that they have done assessments on, the work that they've done from a psychology standpoint to understand people and put this assessment together. 
the inventories that are part of the assessment measure a person's reputation, how others will likely describe an individual. They also have very predictive results with bottom line ways of looking at performance. They also look at reduced turnover. Some people will use parts of this assessment for recruiting purposes. And they always frame it in the context of business and leadership. So everybody who's working in, a, in the workplace, trying to understand how they operate with, with each other, communications, et cetera, it always comes with that kind of lens that it's looking through when it gives results. It underlies our behavior, actions, reactions, and interactions. It gives insight into how we execute business strategies and manage change, conflict, and people. The information it provides is on individuals or team strengths and blind spots and organizational culture, and it helps to influence our effectiveness at leading people. So all of that comes from Hogan's website, uh, and so I'll share a link to that so you can see more about Hogan if you're interested in looking at Hogan as an assessment for you. Now, the assessment comes into three different parts. There are three parts of the assessment that you take, and then that all comes together in one report. So the first one is the Hogan Personality Inventory. They call it HPI for short. The HPI describes how individuals manage stress, interact with others, approach work tasks, and solve problems. The HDS, which is the Hogan Development Survey, describes the behaviors that emerge during times of stress, which can damage relationships and derail careers. And the last one is motives, values, preferences, inventory. The MVPI describes an individual's core values, the goals and interests that determine satisfaction and drive careers. So those three different individual assessments come together in one report that's sent to me that I review and then look at the results. And it's not only for each of those assessments that I look at things, but I look at them in concert with one another and how people are showing up in one way or another that could have an impact on them. I put together a summary for them because I want them to understand what the results mean. I've had many different assessments in my career, some of which someone would just hand to me and say, just read through this, figure it out, you'll, you'll be fine. It's not that easy, right? Some of these assessments are huge. Uh, the books that they give you, the results that they give you are huge. And if you're not certified or you don't understand it, it just doesn't mean as much. You don't know what to do with it. So I like to provide that kind of high-level summary for people so they understand what could be happening for them. They can decide if they want to take actions to make adjustments. To me, the most important part is the conversations that we have. They're so impactful. Now, I'll tell you, when they come into an assessment review, they have fear because they wonder what's going to happen, what's going to show up in this result. Uh, they think about all of the things probably like when they were back in school. Most of them are high achievers who want the perfect score in the test. These assessments don't work that way. <laughs> There's no A or F here. There are no right or wrong answers. It's about where they are right now and whether they want to continue doing what they're doing going forward. I want them to know that this is just an exploration of what could be happening. It doesn't mean that it's true. It means that they just get to ask the questions of themselves and they get to decide what to do with the information. So a great quote I found here by someone unknown is fear, uncertainty, and discomfort are your compasses towards growth. So going through an assessment like this is uncomfortable, right? It, it's going to 
ask you some hard questions. It's going to make you think about some blind spots that you might have and whether or not those things are holding you back. And as a coach, it helps me uncover what stories, beliefs, assumptions, fears that they have in their head. It also looks though at what they're passionate about. What do they love to do? What are the things that make them happy? My goal is to create a safe environment for them to feel comfortable talking about these things so that we can begin to look at where they are currently and see opportunities to do things differently, especially if they're holding themselves back from their potential. My lens is always, as you know, looking at things from a visibility standpoint as well. Where are they holding themselves back from being more visible? Are they dealing with imposter syndrome? Are they not thinking about the things that they could be doing more because they're operating from maybe a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset? All of those things are kind of going through my head as they're as they were talking about the results and I'm asking them questions to dive in a little deeper because it helps us inform maybe where we set up some goals to work together going forward. The Hogan is just one example of an assessment. There are many others, some you may have heard of like StrengthsFinder, 360s, Leadership Versatility Index, Myers-Briggs, There's so many. I remember taking a class on assessments in my coaching program, and there were so many assessments out there that I think there were probably 15 of us in the class. All of us had an individual assessment to review and come back to the group and talk about. There's that many. So there's way more than that probably. Um, But I was so amazed that there were that many assessments out there. And it's interesting also that so many people get certified in a lot of them. I'm certified in DISC and Leadership Versatility Index and Hogan. Those are the ones that I would say I use the most. I do review a lot of things in Strength Finder with people, but I'm not certified in that one. So if you want to do an assessment, one of the things I would just ask you to consider is make sure you work with somebody who is certified to interpret the results for you. Because if you want to understand it in the best way, they've been through training to do that. And so I want you to just have someone there as a guide, someone that can coach you through it and so that you don't interpret it in the wrong way for you. And if you're interested in doing a Hogan assessment or DISC or leadership versatility index, I would love to have a conversation with you and do that with you. So I'm a big proponent of assessments, as you probably can tell, but it's a starting point, right? I want you to be able to learn information about yourself. Now, if you don't have the ability to do an assessment right now, I put together something that I thought might be helpful. I wanted you to be able to do some questioning of yourself to use something as a starting point. And I recognize that when I have these conversations with people and when we're doing the reviews of the assessments, there's some big areas that we usually talk about. And so I put together some questions that you can start with And I wanted to share them with you. Now, one of the things I want you to consider is that you can do this for yourself, but you can also do this for your team. So if your company offers assessments and you can explore those through HR, you should definitely do that. If you don't have that ability, and maybe you're a smaller company who doesn't have that relationship with an assessment company, then you could do something like this for yourself as a starting point. So today's visibility action is going to be a little bit longer because I wanted to walk you through these questions. All you have to do is give a simple yes or no. Now, I know that these questions are going to be a little bit bigger than that. I know it's not that simple, but I want you to really kind of do an objective review. And do you feel like these are things that you can do if you were asked to? 
So I'm going to position this as a self-assessment. Obviously, if you're going to ask these questions about some of your team members, you may have to make some shifts in the questions to think about them as the person that you're asking the question about. But I'm hoping it gives you some ideas to consider. So the first question, can you articulate your value? If someone said, what are you good at? What are your strengths? You know, what value do you provide to the organization? Could you answer that question? I know it's a big question, but I want you to be able to do that. So you could be able to say something like, the value I provide to this organization is X, 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 whatever that thing, those three things are. You can do that in a very simple way, but you need to think about it and be prepared. Do you communicate with impact? A lot of people communicate a lot of words. (laughs) Are they impactful? Are you doing it in a way that people are hearing you? Are you thinking about the messaging? Are you planning it out? Are you asking questions that are impactful in meetings? Those are things that you need to consider because what you're communicating sends a message, right? Is it the message that you want to be sending? Are you able to manage ambiguity and solve problems? As I've mentioned before on the podcast, ambiguity was a a tough one for me. I wanted to have more information before I could solve a problem or answer a question. And if things were very ambiguous, it was hard for me until I learned the importance of making assumptions. Making assumptions allows you to move through ambiguity. So making assumptions about a situation, what do you know? What do you not know? How can you make a decision using assumptions that says, you know, if something changes in these assumptions, something's going to change in my answer. It allows you to move forward. So I hope that is something if you're struggling with ambiguity, you can use to your advantage. Can you confidently lead and develop teams? Now that may be, you know, if they're not leading a team today, maybe they're leading a project team though. They may not have direct reports if you're talking about your team members, but if you're talking about you and you have a team, Can you confidently lead and develop your team? Confidently is the key word there and develop is the other key word. Being confident is just looking at and trusting yourself. It's really easy for people to start to look at other people and compare themselves and say, I'm not good enough. They're stronger than I am. They've had more years of experience. If you trust yourself, I promise you, your confidence is going to grow because you know the right answers. You just have to look within and know that you can figure things out. You can ask for help. Developing your team is something that has to happen. So if you're not developing your team, you need to be. So put a plan together for each person on your team, thinking about where their strengths are, where their opportunities are, what could they be doing differently? What do their career goals look like? What do they want? How can you help them get there? Can you lead through change and transitions? Every company is going through change all the time. It's just a matter of, is it a really big change or a small change? But the ability to go through change and transition is important. And trying to maintain your calm, your ability to be able to look at things that are happening and not get caught up in them, but kind of look at them from a bigger perspective, because you not only have to help yourself through the change, but you also may have to help team members or the rest of your organization through change. And so being calm through that, asking the right questions, using common sense can help you get there. Do you influence others to get things done? If you are not building influencing relationships, you need to be. You never know when you're going to need someone to help you move something along and make a breakthrough happen or get results on a project that you need help on or to help a team member. You need to build those relationships now before you need their help. 
So start looking around the organization. Who are influencers in your group? Who are influencers that you need to potentially have at the ready when you need them? Start building those relationships now. Can you effectively provide feedback to others? If you are not feeling like you're really good at that, there are some easy models. I don't know if I've talked about them on the podcast or not, but I'll share a link to them in the notes. One of them is SBI, which stands for Situation, Behavior, and Impact. So you just give feedback to someone using, here's the situation. We were in a meeting yesterday. You appeared or I observed you not really engaged in the conversation. So that's the behavior. What's the impact? The impact is that it felt like everybody didn't get to hear your voice. And so we are going to have to come back together again now so that we can have that conversation again. So if you can use that little three-step format to give feedback, it can be helpful. Feedback, whether it's strength feedback, whether you're telling them they're doing something well and it's positive, or constructive feedback. Uh, The only difference I would say in constructive feedback is that you want to ask them first how they feel something happened for them. So if they were in a meeting and something didn't go well, say, how do you think that meeting went? You really need to know what's in their head because I have made some assumptions at times that were wrong. And when I asked the person to give me feedback first, I actually learned something that I didn't know that the reason they were acting this way or the reason they behave this way was because of some other thing that happened that I didn't know about. So I find it easier, especially in constructive feedback, to ask the person first how they think they're doing, how they think that situation went, so that you can use that as you're giving the feedback to them. The next one, do you hold others accountable? I know accountable is like a loaded word for people. A lot of people are scared of it. A lot of people are scared to do it because they'll feel like people won't like them. I want you to think about being respected versus liked. If you're not holding others accountable, it sends a message to, let's just say there's one person on your team you're not holding accountable. It gives a permission slip to everyone else that they don't have to do what's needed. They don't have to meet their due dates. They don't have to deliver things on time because you don't expect that one person to do it. It has to be fair. It has to be across the entire team that you're holding other people accountable, especially like my role as a program lead at one point in time. Those people didn't report to me, but they knew that we all had to come together to get this program done. And so I held them accountable to give me information, whether it was, yeah, I can't do it this week, but I can do it next week. That's fine. You don't have to have the perfect answers, but we need to be honest and we need to be transparent about what we're doing. And my role was to hold them accountable to deliver this program. So that's just an example. Can you delegate to team members? Delegation is not easy, especially for new leaders, but delegating, whether that's on a project team or whether you have direct reports, is important because you cannot do it all by yourself. Believe me, I tried. I tried to do it all by myself. It just doesn't work. It's not sustainable. So if you can follow an easy process on delegation, it's thinking about what you want to delegate, how skilled is that person in doing it, how much exposure is that thing that you're giving them, That tells you a little bit about how much help they're going to need from you, how much guidance you're going to have to give them, how much coaching, how many check-ins you might have to do to make sure that they're successful. Use it as a way to have an agreement with them that they're going to do it. You're going to check in on a regular basis. You're going to guide them, but you don't need to tell them how to do it. You don't. They can figure those things out. That's how they learn. You just need to tell them what the outcome looks like. And the last question do you trust yourself to make decisions? 
I did not trust myself for a really long time. I believed everybody else knew more. That was my imposter syndrome talking. And now I can see the value of any leader trusting themselves because you all come with so much experience and knowledge that makes you unique. And you can ask questions of other people to learn more information. You can ask for help from other people to be able to make a good decision. But at the end of the day, you have to be able to trust yourself because you're going to be in situations where you have to make the hard decision. You have to be courageous. You have to stand up when everyone else says we're not going. You may have to be the person that says, yes, we are. And I feel really comfortable with that because I trust my team. So I want you to be able to feel that way and start to trust yourself now. Just look at decisions that you're making today. Were they the right ones? Did you have to go change them? Most of the time you don't. Most of the time, the decisions that you make are the right ones. It's very rare, I would say, maybe 10% of the time that we might have to go back and revisit a decision and change it. But if you can start to do that now, you'll build that muscle of trusting yourself before you get more responsibility, before you take on a bigger role or a bigger team. So those are ways that you can start to build that muscle today. So I hope this was helpful. I hope this was an easy little assessment that you can do for yourself. Check in with yourself, especially before performance reviews are coming up at the end of the year. Try to look at yourself and see realistically where are you at on these things? What else do you need to work on? What do you need to build in your plan for next year from a development standpoint, from a visibility standpoint? All of these things that I just went through have a visibility angle to them, every single one of them. And so I want you to also think about that. If visibility is something you've struggled with, you can use and leverage these different areas as a way to get visibility as well. Thanks so much for joining today on the Visibility Factor Podcast, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening to the Visibility Factor Podcast. Remember that visibility starts with small steps that are intentional and consistent each day. Be bold, be visible, be the leader you were meant to be. Find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all of our social media platforms, which are highlighted in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Visibility Factor Podcast.